The Lord is my shepherd. Those five words are so simple yet so important. You see, if you were to replace the Lord is my shepherd with any other thing, if you were to say anything else is your shepherd, if you were to follow anything else, then the whole thing falls apart. What is it that's leading you in your life? Is it money? Because I can tell you that you'll never have enough if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for a relationship to lead you, I can tell you that the person that you have that relationship with will one day let you down. Is it your position at work? Well, someday you're going to be replaced. I hope that encourages you. But when the Lord is your shepherd, the Bible teaches us that everything comes together and that all of these things can be true because he is our shepherd. So who is your shepherd tonight? What is it that you are following? When you wake up in the morning, where do you look? When life gets gets tough, where do you run? When everything in your life seems to be crashing down around you, where do you seek refuge? What is it that you are looking to to be led? Can you, like David, truly say that the Lord is your shepherd? I'm going to read through the 23rd Psalm, and then we'll, we'll jump in. But I want you to pay attention to each thing that he says and realize that these things really only are true if the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Only goodness and only faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Now, as a reminder, this psalm was written by David, King David, who was king over Israel. We don't know exactly in his life where, when David wrote the psalm, but we know that he was, it was probably later in his life and that he probably was king at the time. He talks about having enemies and that was something that happened later in his life. But I want you to think about this. David, the great king over all Israel, did not choose to take pride in this moment in his kingship or his authority, but in being one of the sheep of his shepherd. See, David had been a shepherd. He knew exactly what it meant to watch sheep. He knew sheep probably better than anybody in this room. And to David, he saw great honor in being a shepherd. A lot of times shepherds were looked down on, they were, they were low class, they were dirty, but David realized that there was great honor in being a shepherd, but there was greater honor in being the sheep of the Lord. David knew that sheep need a shepherd, that on their own they have no ability to take care of themselves, and on their own a, a sheep is lost and is not able to survive very long. And although David was a leader, he had no problem identifying himself as a sheep. And as we talked two weeks ago, that's not necessarily a compliment to call somebody a sheep. If you know anything about sheep or if you've been around them, you know that they're not very smart and they don't always smell very good. But he had no problem identifying himself as that because of who the Lord was for him. The Lord was his shepherd taking care of him. 
Now, if you don't know a lot about sheep, we watched this video two weeks ago, but I think it's worth seeing again. This will set a great picture for you about how much sheep need their shepherd. So you see a sheep that's been stuck in this crack, in this hole, and his shepherd is pulling him out and rescuing him. And like most of us, immediately jumps right back in to his hole. So when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he was not viewing this spotless, beautiful little lamb being held. He viewed himself just like that. Somebody who time after time kept jumping back into the same hole and needing to be rescued time and time again. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's verse. It's very simple, just the first verse of Psalm chapter 23. He says that the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Now I'm reading from the CSB translation. Most of you that have memorized this this verse of the Bible or are familiar with it at all, know it as something else. The Lord is my shepherd. What is it? I shall not want. But I love the way the CSB translate this. I have what I need. See, growing up, when I read, read Psalm 23 or heard it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It sounded all, a lot like a Ten Commandment to me. It sounded like there was something that I wasn't supposed to do. It sounded like I was in trouble. It sounded like thou shalt not want. But that's not at all what David is saying here. You see, David is saying that because the Lord is his shepherd, everything he needed was already provided. He said, I shall not want. Why? Because there's nothing to want anymore. The Lord has provided everything that he needed. All of his needs had already been met. And that's what we're going to look at tonight, the way that the Lord meets our needs. I want to tell you this, that every need in your life has already been met and is being met by the Lord Jesus Christ, if he is your shepherd. And as you follow him, he will give you everything that you need. Before we really jump in, I want to walk through a few scriptures to remind us of how capable a provider that the Lord is for each and every one of us. Paul wrote this in Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, Paul teaches us here that we are to take our request to the Lord in prayer. Having a need, having something that we want is not a sin. There's nothing wrong with having something in your life that you wish was different. There's nothing wrong with having something that you want the Lord to intervene for or want to do something different for you. But the question is, what are you doing with it? The Bible teaches that we are to give it to the Lord and completely trust him with it. Sure, he already knows what we want, but he likes to hear our voice. He likes when we talk to him. I know for the most part, I know what my kids need. So I've got four kids. My oldest is now seven, and then my twin girls there are four years old. And I know what they need. But I still like it when they come and talk to me about what they're wanting and and asking me for things. Now, sometimes I wish they would stop asking for the same thing over and over and over again. But for the most part, I love it when they come to me and they tell me what they need or what they want, what they desire in their life. And I like giving my kids good things. I like giving them things that make them happy. I like providing for my children. And Jesus said himself, he said, hey, if if you being evil, being sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more has, does your heavenly Father 
know how to give you what you need. See, the thing is, when we follow the Lord, he knows exactly what we need. There's nothing that we will be lacking when we follow the Lord. But he tells us to ask him and to go. I want to tell you a quick example of, of asking. One of my children is Ellie. She's one of my twin girls. And this picture tells you everything you need to know about her personality. She is very spirited and very active and kind of crazy a lot of times. But she loves going to the beach. And she loves staying in hotels. So she always asks if we can go to beach hotels. Every time, near every time we're in the car, she asks if we're going to a beach hotel. Now, she loves hotels because she loves it when our whole family stays together in one room and we all have uh, a sleepover, as they call it. And my kids love, we turn them sideways in the, in the bed and they all sleep in that bed together and they love it. Well, this last fall, we took them to the beach. And so we got to go to a beach hotel for just two or three days and we just got away and we came back home and it was just two or three days later, she said, hey, can we go back to the beach? And she's asking, she's always asking, wanting to go to the beach. It's never enough for her. She always is wanting more and desiring more. Now, here's the thing. Rose and I would love to take them to the beach every single week. We would love to give that to them, but our bank account would not love that. It would not, it would, we would be prohibited in that way. And so even though I as a father and Rose as a mother love giving good things to our children and love taking them to the beach and love giving them things, we're limited. There's only so much that we can do. But that is not a problem for the Lord. You see, the Lord has absolutely no problem giving anything to each and every single one of us because he has unlimited resource. You don't have to hold back on a request to the Lord. You don't have to not ask for something out of fear that he won't be able to give it to you. The Lord has unlimited resource. Listen to what the Lord said about his resources in Psalm 50, verse 10. He said, for every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. The Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I heard Dr. Rogers say one time, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he also owns the hills that they're standing on. And he owns the oil that's under the hills that they're standing on. See, the Lord has unlimited resource. There is no end to what he can do. And when you follow the good shepherd, the Bible teaches that you will have everything that you need. Now, there is a difference, and sometimes it's hard for us to identify this in our lives. There is a difference between our need and our greed. A lot of times there are certain things that we want in our lives, but it's not the best for us. And as a loving father, our God is not going to give us what is going to hurt us or what is not best for us. But we have the ability to know that God will provide every single one of our needs. But if we're being honest, sometimes in those moments where we're asking for something and we think it's a need, it can be hard to wait. It can be hard to trust that the Lord really is going to provide everything that we need. There are times that we're begging the Lord for something. We need him to intervene in our life and we need him to move on our behalf. And in return, he gives us silence. We wait, and we listen, and he doesn't seem to be listening. See, it's in those moments that our trust in our shepherd makes or breaks. In that moment when you think you need something and you're asking and you're not hearing back from the Lord, are you willing to continue to trust that he knows best and that he will take care of you? Or do you believe that maybe sometimes he forgets about you? 
See, David knew that because the Lord was his shepherd, he already had everything he needed. He could trust in the Lord, he could follow his shepherd, and that all of his needs would be met. Is the Lord only your shepherd when he does the things that you want him to do? When things don't go your way, are you still willing to follow and trust him completely? See, in the good times and in the bad times, are you learning to be content not just in the hand of God, but in the very presence of God? The Bible says, and David wrote in Psalm 37, verses 4 through 6, he said, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. So what is it that you're wanting? Because if you take your delight in the Lord, the Bible says that he will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight in the Lord, you will not be able to contain all of him that you will find. If the Lord is your reward, you will find yourself filled to the top and overflowing every single time. And if the Lord is the one that you're seeking, you will have all that you need. We sang a song tonight, the greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. Can you really say that's true in your life? Or is that just the chorus that we sang tonight? Are you seeking after the Lord and content in the presence and following your shepherd? Or do you have that need, something in your life where you feel like you need more? There's something that's missing. Because when you follow the Lord, you will have all that you need. Several years ago, I had an opportunity to go up to Hendersonville, Tennessee, and spend a little bit of time with Robbie Gallaty, who's pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church there in, in Hendersonville. He'll be at our men's conference in the two weeks that, that uh, Sam was talking about. But the Lord was doing a great work in the life of their church, and he sat down with a few of us from our church and told us the story of what all God had done and how what had led up to the work that God was doing there. Thousands of people were being saved and baptized over the course of just months, and the Lord was working in a great way. And Robbie Gallaty said that he was really praying that the Lord would do a great work and, and do a change in the life of their church. And finally, he sensed that the Lord said, I don't want to change the church. I want to change you. I'm not interested in what this church needs, needs right now. I'm interested in what you need. And he broke him down and, and really did a great work in, in Pastor Gallaty's heart. But he said he was really uh, he was reading his scriptures, and he got, Lord really grabbed his heart one night on the verse, be still and know that I am God. He said that he just really felt the Lord leading him to really just spend time in the presence of the Lord. Now, there's a spiritual discipline that is known as silence and solitude, and most people don't practice it because we do not like silence and we don't like being alone. But it's something that many people over the history of the Christian faith have spent time just sitting in the presence of the Lord. And not just sitting, thinking about nothing, not just meditating on emptiness, but really meditating on who the Lord is. Not sitting there and reading, not talking to the Lord, not, not singing, not doing anything, but just meditating, being still, hushing, being quiet, and knowing that he is God and meditating on who the Lord is. He told a story how he felt the Lord leading him to spend more time just sitting in the presence of the Lord and letting that be enough. So he said he went out to his, his back porch one, one night and 
and just sat there and tried to just focus on the Lord and, and just to dwell on who the Lord was and, and meditate on the goodness of the Lord. And he said his mind would go to what he needed to do at church and he had to focus it and just really try to focus on the, the Lord. And he would start thinking about sermon ideas and just have to give that away and just focus in on the Lord and think, be still and know that he is God. So after about 30 minutes, an hour, he, he got up and he said nothing felt any different. He walked in, he thought to himself, well, that was pointless. I did not get anything out of that. He said immediately he felt the Lord tell him, but you had me. Was that enough? And that followed, what followed there was months of, of Robbie Gallaty seeking the Lord and just sitting in his presence and being, learning to be content simply in the presence of the Lord. And out of that, they saw an incredible work happening in the life of their church. So where do you find yourself tonight? Do you find yourself in a place of need where you're needing the Lord to do something in your life? Or do you find yourself resting and trusting in the provision of the Lord? Now, for all honest, we find ourselves at times in place where it is difficult to trust that the Lord is going to provide the way that he says he's going to provide. We often feel like we need to go and fix the situation. We need to go take care of our own lives. But that is not what God calls us to do. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. Wherever you find yourself in this moment, I pray that tonight you will find yourself at the feet of the shepherd when you leave. And I pray that you will walk away being able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Just like David said. I want to look at two very simple things tonight as we look at Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. First is this, God will meet your physical needs. God will meet your physical needs. One of the jobs of a shepherd is to make sure that the sheep are protected and that they are healthy. A shepherd makes sure that they have places to eat, places to drink, and that they do not become malnourished. The shepherd also protects the sheep from the wild animals that try to take them. When a sheep is in the care of a good shepherd, that sheep does not take time throughout the day worrying about where we're going to find our next drink of water and where we're going to do this and what happens if a lion were to come or a wolf were to come. No, a sheep trusts in the shepherd, watches the shepherd, and follows the shepherd. They know that they have what they need in their shepherd. They can trust their shepherd. Now, as we've already talked about, David understood the role of the shepherd because he spent much of his life, early life, being a shepherd and watching after sheep. And listen to this account of what an experience he had while he was watching his sheep. He said, David answered Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, I struck it down, and I rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and I would kill it. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought being a shepherd was a wimpy job, but I can tell you it clearly is not. David, as a shepherd, literally would fight lions and bears and rescue sheep out of their mouth. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was a shepherd and a lion came and took one of the, the sheep, I don't know that I would be willing to go up against that lion. But that's probably why I'm not in the field right now watching over those sheep. You see, a good shepherd does not allow a single lamb to be given up. Every single lamb in that, in that 
pasture and the fold is important to the shepherd. He cares for each one of them and he protects them. He meets their needs and he will risk his own life to make sure they have what they need. And that's exactly what the Lord does for each one of us. The Lord quite literally came to earth and laid down his life to meet our need. Each one of us was dying and on our way to eternity away from the Lord. And Jesus Christ came to earth. He died as the atonement for our sin. And he gave himself up so that we could live. He literally met our need. He wasn't just willing to fight a lion. He was willing to die the ultimate sacrifice. And that's exactly what the Lord does for each one of us. Listen to what David would say in Psalm 37, 25, and 26. He said, hey, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. He is always generous, always lending, and his children are a blessing. He says, hey, I've seen it all. I've, I've been young, I've been old, I've, I've seen everything in life, but not one, the one thing I have not seen, I have not seen the Lord abandon his children. I have not seen him abandon the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is always generous. He is always giving and lending. And as a result, his children are a blessing. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to other people. He gives to his children to the point that we are overflowing to those around us. God is generous and he meets every single one of our physical needs. You know the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus was teaching a great multitude, 5,000 men plus their family. And at the end of the day, it said that there was no food. So the disciples were saying, hey, we need to send them home so that they can go get food on their own because we have no way to feed them. The Bible says Jesus looked at them and had compassion on them. Another spot in scripture, the the Bible says that Jesus was teaching a crowd and looked, had compassion on them, and saw them as sheep without a shepherd. See, that's how the Lord sees the people of this, this world. He does not see us as, as dirty sinners that are deserving of an eternity in hell. He sees us as, before we know him, as sheep without a shepherd, vulnerable, helpless sheep. But in this moment, Jesus looks at the crowd of 5,000 men plus their families and has compassion on them and finds a boy that has five loaves and two fish and says, hey, this is more than enough. He blesses it and distributes it. And you know the story, by the time they're done, everybody has had their ability to eat as much as they want. And then they had baskets left over more than they even started with. You know, we look at that and say, how could the Lord have possibly done that with only five loaves and two fish? The Lord would say, I didn't need to start with that much. Because the Lord has unlimited resource and he has the ability and the desire to meet our physical needs. He looked at those people and he saw that they were hungry. He saw that they had need and he fed them. And the Lord says that when we walk with the Lord, when we are one of his sheep, he will take care of us. He will give us everything that we need. And the Lord will physically take care of us. Have you had food to eat today if you wanted to eat it? Have you had a roof to keep you dry from the rain this week? Do you have heat and clothing to keep you warm in the snow last week? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? He has given us so much, but we so often just look at the things that we're missing and the things that in our life that we think we need, the greed in our lives. But the Lord has already given us more than we deserve. He has given us so much and we have all that we need. 
I was talking to Pastor Steve last week about when he first was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis. It's a, it's a weakness, a, a disease where he has a weakness of his muscles. He's had it for about 20 years now, a little over 20 years. He said when he was first diagnosed, he was so weak from the, from the sickness that when he would go to preach at Gardendale, First Baptist Gardendale, when he would stand up to walk towards the pulpit, he would often barely even have the strength to make it to the pulpit. He could not, it was hard for him to get to the pulpit. But he said right in the moment that he needed it, when he had reached that pulpit every single week, the Lord would fill him with the strength that he needed to preach that entire message. And at that church, he was doing three messages every single Sunday morning, back to back. And that is an exhausting thing. And after he'd get done, he would be depleted, he would sit down, but the Lord had given him what he needed in that moment. And the Lord will do the same for you. We talked last week about, or two weeks ago, about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. The Bible says in Genesis 22, verse 14, that's where we get this verse and that name of God. Abraham has taken Isaac up to the mountain. God has called him as a test to sacrifice his own son on the mountain. But Abraham went up there in faith knowing that the Lord would provide. So right in the last moment, the Lord provides a ram and he is able to sacrifice it. And, and Abraham named that place, Genesis twenty-two fourteen says, Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. So it's said today, it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Each one of us could give testimony time and time again of how the Lord has provided for each and every one of us. But we so often forget. You can trust the Lord with your physical needs. He may not meet all of your physical greed, but the Bible says he is a good shepherd and he will take care of you. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. You will have all that you need. So the Bible says that the Lord will meet our physical needs. Second thing I want us to talk about is that the Lord, God will meet your spiritual needs. See, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need is not just a statement of physical stuff, stuff in his life. I have the food I need. I have the shelter I need. This is a spiritual statement as well. The Lord had spiritually provided David with everything that he would need in this life. A couple years ago, a little bit ago, I, I faced a difficult situation. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but the, the Lord had called on me to do something that I really did not want to do. And uh, it wasn't just that I didn't want to do it. It was honestly that I didn't know if I could. I didn't know if I had the strength to do it. I was spiritually felt empty, dry, and powerless when I faced this situation. And I really didn't know what to do. The, the time came where I had to, to either obey the Lord and do what he had called me to do or disobey. And I opened my Bible that morning to read what the, just the, the next passage in my Bible reading. And there was a verse in Psalm 18 that I would say that I had never seen before. I'd read it before, but I'd never really noticed it in the same way. It popped off the page with me, and it, and it really just came alive. The Bible says, Lord, you light my lamp. My God illuminates my darkness. With you, I can attack a barricade. And with my God, I can leap over a wall. See, when I read that, the Lord filled me with courage and filled my spirit. And he said, this isn't about you. You're right, Noah, you can't do it. You do not have the ability to do it, but I can do it through you. See, it's the Lord that enables us to attack spiritual barricades. It is the Lord that will enable you to leap over the walls that are in your life. 
When I try to do it in my own strength, every single time I will fail. But with the Lord, it is no problem at all. You can leap over the walls. There is no problem that is too big for the Lord. And the Lord provides for us spiritually and gives us the strength that we need to do what he has called us to do. Listen to what Paul would say about the Lord's ability in this manner. He says, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, God is able to do above and beyond anything that you or I ask or think or imagine. Now, I know sometimes I think of things that I think are pretty spectacular. Wouldn't it be amazing if, and the Lord can run right past it and go far beyond anything that I would have ever dreamed. How does he do it? He says it right there, according to the power that works in us. What is that? That is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that he has given each and every one of us. uh, Paul would write in Romans 8.11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. What he's saying is the, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, that is the same Holy Spirit that is living inside each and every one of us. That is the power that is available. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that he does beyond anything that we could ask, think, or even imagine. Now, I can't wait when I get to heaven one day to be able to to walk around and have opportunities to talk to some of the Old Testament saints. I often imagine what it would be like to talk to some of the the heroes of the Old Testament. Imagine walking to Adam and, and talking to him and saying, what was it like for you to walk in the garden in the cool of the day before sin had tainted your relationship with the Lord and just walking each day in the garden with the Lord? What was that really like? I want to make sure I track down Moses. He's my favorite saint of the Old Testament. And I want to ask him, what was it like to stand before Pharaoh and command and demand that he would be to let God's people go? And speaking on behalf of the Lord like that. What was it like, Moses, when you would stand before the Red Sea and watch it split? What was it like when you would talk to God face to face like a man would talk to a friend? Imagine I'll find David and say, David, what was it like when you would sit on the throne of Israel at sunset and watch the mighty nation that God had raised from nothing? What was it like when you as a, as a boy would stand before Goliath and watch him fall at your feet? What was it like, David? And I imagine that every single one of those people is going to look at me and say, I don't want to talk about that. Forget about that. You tell me, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you? You see, we have an advantage here in this day that Moses and David and anybody in the Old Testament would have given anything for, the Holy Spirit of God living inside each one of us. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was very active, but he did not come inside of God's children. He would rest on them. He would anoint them, and he would set on them, and at times he would depart. He would lift off of them. That's exactly why in Psalm 51, 10 through 11, after David had committed his sin with Bathsheba and tried to cover it up by murdering her husband and done all this stuff. He finally repents and he says, God, create in me a new heart, a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So why would David pray for the Lord not to take the Spirit from him unless it was a very good possibility that the Lord would take the Holy Spirit away from him? 
See, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would rest on people, anoint them, but he would leave. Paul, David watched it happen to his predecessor, Saul. See, when Saul was anointed king of Israel, the Holy Spirit came on him and anointed him, but when he walked in his own way and walked away from the Lord, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit left him. Same of Samson. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit anointed Samson and gave him his strength, and after Samson continually walked away from the Lord and did his own thing, it says the Holy Spirit left him and he didn't even realize it. And that when he left him, his strength left at the same time. So David watched his predecessor Saul lose the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, Lord, please do not let your Holy Spirit leave me. And I imagine that many mornings David would wake up and think, is this the day? Is this the day that the Holy Spirit leaves me? Is this the day that the Holy Spirit does not rest on me in the same way? But you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then you don't have to worry about the Holy Spirit leaving you. The Holy Spirit is not on you. He is in you. And the Bible says that he will not leave you. He will not depart you. You are locked in for all eternity. And if David was able to say, I have what I need, how much more should we be able to say that this side of Calvary? The Lord has provided every single one of our physical needs. He has provided every one of our spiritual needs. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, and he gives us everything that we need. So I want to ask you this. What need is before you right now? What is it that gives you anxiety that you're worrying about? You see, every time we are worrying about something that we have the, those fears, it's really a sign that maybe we're not following our shepherd's voice the way that we ought to be following him. Because when we follow the Lord and we rest in him and trust in him, we know that he can provide everything for us. And we will be able to say, I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. David knew his shepherd. But we have the opportunity to know his name, Jesus. See, as we close, I want you to listen to these words from the book of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. If you are a follower of Jesus, these are words of your shepherd speaking to you tonight. He spoke these words 2,000 years ago, but he's speaking them again to you right now. I want these words to wash over you. I want any anxiety or worry in your life to leave as you hear these words and are allowing these words to cover over you. Listen to these words from your shepherd, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your body what you're going to wear. Isn't life more than food and body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns and prepare, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? Can you add one moment to your lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Look at how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't Oil, they don't labor, they don't spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do so much more for you? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek after the Lord, 
in all of these things, all of these things you're worried about, the food, the clothes, the situations in your life, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that? I have what I need. I shall not want. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our shepherd. And Lord, that when we follow you, that you have already provided everything that we need. We shall not want because there's nothing left to want for. You've already taken care of every detail. You've taken care of every need. And Lord, I know in a room this size that there's many needs that were brought into the room tonight that, that you are actively working on and you are actively meeting, but sometimes, Lord, it's hard for us to see it. Lord, I pray that we would trust in you with all our heart, that we would lean not on our own understanding in all of our ways that we would acknowledge you and that you would make our path straight. Lord, I pray that instead of worrying that we would trust in you, that when we feel anxiety or worry or stress, that we will just rest in the presence of our shepherd, knowing that our shepherd knows where the food is, our shepherd knows where the water is, our shepherd knows where all the dangerous animals are, and you will not lead us astray. We thank you that you have given us everything. I pray, Lord, that tonight we will walk away and that we will be more comfortable sitting at your feet and just trusting and resting in who you are and what you've already done for us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is placed inside each one of us that follows Jesus. We pray that we would not neglect that power of the Holy Spirit that you've given in us, but that we would walk in the freedom and the strength that you've given, that we will be able to leap over every wall that is in our life through the strength of the Holy Spirit that you have given each one of us. We thank you for this day. Pray that you would go with us as we head to our homes. Be with us as we gather Sunday. Lord, bring us each back safely. And Lord, bring us back here next week as we continue to study your word. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.